Hallelujah. We thank God that we are at the beginning of our special program. Um, I believe that within these three days, if we will cooperate with the Lord, He will help us in many ways. Amen. So for this period, we are looking at divine encounter. Divine encounter. Hallelujah. Divine encounter. And our spiritual journey, our spiritual journey must be marked by or with such encounters because of the use that they serve. Amen. We know that in our spiritual transformation, the finality or the final place of our spiritual transformation is the spiritual perception that we come to. That is the spiritual knowledge that we come to. Now, that knowledge is supposed to superimpose itself on our natural knowledge so that our natural knowledge will be ruled by spiritual knowledge or our natural senses will be ruled by the knowledge that comes from our spiritual senses. And when I say knowledge, you must understand that there are two ways by which we come to knowledge. The first way is natural. Natural. There is the natural form of knowledge. And this one, I do not even talk about the falsehoods that we obtain through the evils of our hearts. Now, that is carnal knowledge. That is falsehood. I'm not even focusing on that. I'm focusing on the knowledge that we have of God and his kingdom. There are two types. There is the natural knowledge and there is the spiritual knowledge. Hallelujah. The natural knowledge comes to us through our uh, senses. The natural knowledge um, is external. It comes to us through the external aspect of us, and that is our senses. So it is information that we gain into our memories through the senses, the, the material senses that we have. Amen. That is the natural knowledge. The natural knowledge. So, for instance, there are many things that we have heard about God. There are many things that we have been taught about God. There are many explanations that we have concerning the fact that God is one and that the Trinity is in him. There are, there's a lot of information that we have concerning how a person should live his life, how a person is saved. We have a lot of information concerning hell, concerning heaven. Now, this information that we have, because they are um, of the kingdom of God, 
in their content, they are supposed to be spiritual. Hallelujah. But the way we get to know them will determine whether they are natural knowledges or spiritual knowledges. Hallelujah. So when we get to know things about God, when we get to know things about his kingdom, when we get to know things about the way God functions through our senses, through our ears, when we get to know things this way, the knowledge that we possess is material. It is natural. Hallelujah. Please are we here. So that we can possess spiritual knowledge, but in a natural way. And in us, it becomes natural knowledge. Are we here? So, the, for instance, we know things from God that we read in books, that we have listened to in messages, that somebody told us. We, we have heard and received things through the senses. And these things that we have received because of the fact that they came to us through the senses, they are natural. Please are you here? Then there is spiritual knowledge. That spiritual knowledge has its origins from heaven in terms of how we get to receive it. The natural knowledge has its origins from the earth in terms of how we get to receive it. It is through the external things or external uh, aspects of us. We receive them through the senses. The spiritual knowledge is received from heaven through the spiritual senses. Hallelujah. So it is internal. It comes to us from within into our spiritual senses. And there are still things about God, things about his kingdom, things about heaven, things about hell, things about divine order, things about providence, divine providence, how God rules. Hallelujah. But this time, it is not through the senses. It is through the spirit. Amen. The reality is that many people, their knowledge of God, their knowledge of his kingdom is natural. And because of that, they are limited in their spiritual experience. Because that natural knowledge is not the destination. That natural knowledge serves a purpose, but it is not the destination. We must have spiritual knowledge, which comes from within. Hallelujah. That spiritual knowledge is what will determine the way we will live the way we will live from the spirit. So to actually walk according to spiritual knowledge is to walk in the spirit. To walk according to natural knowledge is not to walk in the spirit. Meanwhile, the knowledge that you are walking in is knowledge about spiritual things. But because you know them through the senses, as you walk in them, they, it is not walking in the spirit you are now trying to get into the spirit. Please, does that make sense? So there are many of us that try to obey the word of God that we have heard. And because we try to obey the word of God that we have heard, we think that is what it means to walk in the spirit. And because of that, we make the wrong assumption that that is spirituality. But spirituality has to do with walking according to spiritual knowledge. The knowledge that comes to your spiritual senses from heaven. That is what now dictates your life. And when that knowledge dictates your life, then you are walking in the spirit. 
Please, are we here? To walk or to live by the external information is good. But it does not really offer us an accurate knowledge of God. The reality is that no matter what is taught us, no matter what is explained to us, so far as our knowledge of God and the things of his kingdom come through the senses, our knowledge is not accurate. The, I'm not saying that what you say will be false. No, you will say the right things. You will repeat the right sentences. But what these sentences mean to you, what these sentences mean to you will not be accurate. You may know things about God, but what that knowledge means to you, what you think of God, your conclusions about God will not be totally accurate. There will be some misinformation somewhere. Hallelujah. Spiritual knowledge gives you an accurate knowledge of God. For instance, it is impossible to know the heart of God. It is impossible to know the heart of God when all that you know of God is what you have been taught. It is not possible. It is not possible. You may even be taught the heart of God. You may have heard about the heart of God, the way God's heart is. You may have heard it. All the information that concerns God, God's heart can be put before you and you will read it. But so far as it is information acquired through the senses, it is limited information. It does not reveal to you the very nature of the heart of God. It does not. Hallelujah. It does not. When uh, in John chapter 4, Jesus met the woman at the well. The, when the woman came, Jesus sat, sat at Jacob's well. When the woman came, Jesus, the first, what Jesus told her was that she should give him water to drink. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. Now, this is an interesting statement. Um, this is a typical example of knowing the Lord in the letter. When you know the Lord in the letter, you will think that give me to drink. Uh, you will think that the knowledge of God that you have is, has to do with God requiring something from you. That's what you think. No matter how it is taught you that God is not really trying to take something from you, but God is trying to give you, you will think that God is trying to take something from you. So this statement by Jesus is a statement in the letter concerning somebody who is knowing the Lord first in the letter. Is, does that make sense? So give me to drink. Give me to drink. It is like Jesus is the one that is thirsty. When the Lord, through the knowledge that we have of him in the senses, through the knowledge that we have acquired of him, through doctrine, teaches us about his kingdom, it may appear to us, or it would appear to us, so far as this knowledge is natural to us, because it is acquired through the senses, it would appear to us that the Lord is requiring something from us. Hallelujah. That is how, so you see, when then your knowledge of God is that he is requiring something from you, that's what you know about God. It is impossible for you to understand the very heart of God. 
Because then you will always see that God's role in your life is to burden you with difficult things. Is to place upon you demands that would stress you in order to achieve. Hallelujah. So it's almost like you owe God something. So when we say that God is love, and what drives him towards you is love, and that all that he seeks to do is to give to you, you will hear it, you will receive it, you will even say it. But still, because it is a knowledge acquired in the senses, you will not be able to know that that is really God's heart. So here Jesus first tells the woman, give me to drink. Verse 8. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. 9. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, asked drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Hallelujah. And at times, because we do not understand God, that is what becomes our next reaction. We, we, we feel our weaknesses and we feel our unworthiness. And it is almost as though it is unfair that we have made the early conclusion that what God is in our life to do is to take something from us. And because we have made that conclusion, we begin to feel that it is unfair that God is trying to take something from us because God knows that we are unworthy. Hallelujah. Please are we here? Because God knows that we are unworthy. God, we are limited. We are weak. We don't have anything. We are evil. And God knows it. And the demands he's placing on us, he knows that we will not be able to fulfill it. That is what we begin to think if, we con- if all our knowledge is from, the, is from the senses. Hallelujah. So when you are uh, told about the ways of God, the, the thing that touches your heart the most or rests with you the most is the demands it makes on you. And with those demands, you feel that God is trying to bother you. And then you go on to see your weaknesses in the matter, and it even becomes worse. Verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God. Hallelujah. If thou knowest. Now, this knowledge is not a knowledge that is in the senses. Because if it were knowledge in the senses, then the woman should have known. The woman should have known. Now, the woman of the Samaria, the woman of Samaria is representing the unbelieving person, the one that God is trying to call on into His kingdom, and but albeit one who is willing to be helped. See, so he says that if thou knowest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, "Give me drink," now what Jesus says next. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. So it means then that when Jesus said, give me drink, what Jesus was trying to do was to give the woman drink. Hallelujah. Please are you here? That's what Jesus was trying to do. And Jesus, here Jesus didn't say that the woman should give him drink, then afterwards uh, Jesus would give her drink. Jesus said that, then the woman would have asked of him and he would have given her living water. 
Now that is spiritual knowledge. But she did not know. When Jesus said, if thou knowest the gift of God. So she did not know. She did not know. If she had that understanding, she would have understood that what God was trying to do was rather to give her living water. But because she was stuck in the literal knowledge of God, she was stuck in the natural knowledge of God, the knowledge of God acquired through the senses, she was unable to decipher the heart of God in the matter. And that is how it will always be. You will never be able to know the heart of God if what you are limited to of God is the knowledge you have acquired through the senses. And for many of us, that is our problem. Our knowledge of God is the knowledge that we have gained through teaching, through reading, through listening to messages. But that knowledge of God, even though it is accurate in the way it is stated, it, is, it will not reflect true knowledge in us. In other words, we ourselves will not be able to glean the right kind of knowledge of God from it. It will not be possible. The only way by which we get to know God truly is to know him in the spirit. Hallelujah. Now, to know God in the spirit is to encounter him. And that is why Paul said that, that I may know him. That I may know him. Now, that knowledge is not that you were taught about God. You were, uh, the things of his kingdom were explained to you. That is to hear of somebody that you do not know. Now, there is a spiritual knowledge that constitutes divine encounter. That means that you meet God before you have heard of God. But now you meet God. That meeting of God, God is spirit. Hallelujah. God is not material. God is spirit. If you will know God, you must know him in the spirit. So that knowledge of God, that true knowledge of God is a knowledge that will come through the spirit. And that is what it means to actually know God. If you have been taught about God, you don't know God. It is a good place to begin. And what you must understand is that you must work with what you have been taught. But as you are working with it, your knowledge of God is not really as it should be. It is not an accurate knowledge, but it is necessary for your baby steps. But when you continue to walk in the knowledge of God that you have acquired through the senses, you now break through into spiritual knowledge where you begin to know God through the spirit. So there, the scripture says that there, no one shall teach the other that they should know God. That from the least to the greatest, they shall what? They shall all know him. Hallelujah. So there, a man is not taught to know God. That knowledge of God comes to the man directly from God. So it is not a teaching. It is not a teaching. For instance, what I'm doing now is, is, is work that is, is being received through your senses. Hallelujah. Please understand that. That is primarily what is happening. But those that have exercised themselves in the word of God, those that have exercised themselves in the word of God and have been living after the knowledge that they have acquired in the senses, even in a preaching like this, as the information comes in the letter, 
their spirit is open to receive a deeper and a more accurate and more realistic experience of God through the spirit as well. I don't know if you get me. So, for instance, what I'm teaching you, everybody here can benefit of it in one way. And that is that it is information coming through the senses. But those that have been exercising themselves in the word of God that they have received can partake of the spiritual impact of what is being communicated. Hallelujah. Please understand that. If they can pass, because they have their inward part opened to know God. So as it, you are hearing the word of God like this, you, can, you will also be picking up impressions from God. Please understand that. You will also be picking up impressions from God. Why? Because the word of God, as it comes to us, comes to us in layers. The lowest layer is what we hear as sound. What we, is being communicated to us that we can receive in the letter. But beyond the um, natural reception of the word of God is the spiritual word. Hallelujah. That should bring us spiritual knowledge. And if you are opened spiritually, then as I'm speaking to you now, God will also be showing himself to you in another plane that is beyond what it is that I'm talking to you about. When I say beyond, it may be that the content is the same, but the light that comes, there's a difference between the natural light that is coming and the spiritual light. God, Paul said that God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts. So if you, your, your internal parts are opened, then as the word of God is coming to you like this, there is another communication, which is the shining forth, not from my lips, but from heaven into your own heart. Hallelujah. So you will find that there are two communications going on with you. That is, if you have been exercising yourself in the, in the things that you have been taught, you find that there are two communications that are going on with you. And that is when you know that God is speaking to you directly, even though I'm also speaking to you. Please are you here. Now, this one is not something that everybody will benefit from. It depends on how we have migrated from the nat natural knowledge of God or the material knowledge of God. It depends on that. But for the material knowledge, all that you need to do is to open your ears and listen. If you open your ears and listen, you will gain information about God. But the spiritual knowledge is not like that. It's not like that. Hallelujah. So those that are open to spiritual knowledge, then even when they are also there, as they gain information through the natural aspects, God will also be speaking to them through the spiritual aspect. We know that the natural information that we have God uses them as illustration when he is speaking to us from the spirit. God uses, so the natural information we have is for illustration. The spiritual information as it comes to us, the natural information we have about God is used as illustration. That is the same reason why when I'm speaking to you, God can use what I'm telling you as illustration to speak to you spiritually. But if you are only natural, in your knowledge of God, then such spiritual co communication will not be with you. Please are we here? 
And that spiritual communication is what we are trying to focus on uh, these three days. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. The second part is what I want you to look at. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. It means that it is possible to know Christ after the flesh. Hallelujah. And that is what I've been explaining to you. It is possible to know the Lord after the flesh. But the aim of the Lord is that that should not be your final knowledge of him. You must know the Lord after the spirit. Because the spiritual knowledge is the real knowledge of God. The spiritual knowledge is the real knowledge of God. The knowledge of God that is revealed to your inward parts. That is the real knowledge of God. Until you are able to know God from within. That knowledge from God from within is a knowledge that surpasses all knowledge. When I say surpasses all knowledge, or when the scripture says surpasses all knowledge, it means that it overrules all knowledge. You see, in the, in, with that knowledge, you are unable to doubt. Let me explain something to you. To not doubt God is not a product of your mental um, capabilities. To not doubt that there is God, to not doubt the ways of God, is not a product of your mental capabilities. It is a product of the faith that is produced as a result of your divine encounter the divine encounter that you have had, the revelation of God that you have obtained through the Spirit is what produces the faith that removes doubt. So if all that you know of God is what you have been taught, no matter the explanations that bagged it, you will be able to doubt God. You will be able to doubt the way God is, the existence of God. That doubt, you cannot strengthen your mind and Force yourself. Force yourself to actually not doubt. Have you tried not to doubt before? And you realize that still you doubted. Uh, it, it's because you, it, that's not how it works. There is a spiritual knowledge that surpasses the knowledge that is entering your head that is making you doubt. That spiritual knowledge makes it impossible for you to doubt. It's true. The all the because you still have your natural mind with you, all the information that is coming into your mind that should make you doubt will be there. But you will find that there is a knowledge that surpasses knowledge. There's a knowledge that beats all knowledge. There's a knowledge that is higher than every knowledge, and that knowledge is present within you. And it is said that the other knowledge is unable to exert itself on you. Hallelujah. But if all that you know of God is the things, the knowledge you have gathered through the senses, then actually you do not have faith. Because that knowledge is hearsay. Eventually it is hearsay. Whatever you know, you read it from the Bible, which were written, which was written by people. You will read it from books, which were written by people. You will read it 
you will hear it from a message which was spoken by somebody. You understand that? So if what you know about God is what you have just read with your physical eyes in the scriptures, if that's what you know of God, your faith is small because that knowledge will always be hearsay. That is when, that's when, uh, when someone pulls up some information and the Bible itself is not genuine and listen, your, you begin to shake. I don't even want to say your faith begins to shake because there is no faith. Hallelujah. You begin to shake. And life circumstances can make you easily abandon all the knowledges that you have because the knowledges were acquired through the senses. Actually, those knowledges are not yours. Even though they are in your memory, they are not yours. But there is true knowledge. Hallelujah. There is true knowledge that comes from above. And that is what we prepare ourselves for. When Jesus met Nathaniel, he said that a Jew of Jews or an Israelite of Israelites in whom is no guile. Let's read that scripture. John chapter 1. This is how you follow me. So what I'm doing is that I'm commending to you an, a higher knowledge. That knowledge is not, it doesn't come through here. It's, it, it, it's a reality that you feel inwardly. You may ask, how do you do it? I pray that by the time we are done, you'll be able to appreciate how it works. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Hallelujah. The fig tree has to do with the natural good that we do, which then will come as a result of the natural knowledges that we have. So Jesus said, that When Nathanael was um, under the fig tree, he what? He saw him. And that's comforting. It means that when we are struggling through to obey the truth or the knowledge of God we have received in the senses, God is present with us, but we don't know. Amen. But look at an interesting thing. Nathaniel said unto him, Nathaniel answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. So Nathaniel is like trying to say something. Now look at Jesus' response. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou, thou shalt see greater things than these. Hallelujah. Thou shalt what? See greater things than these. So the fig tree is only the beginning. There are greater things. And look at the greater things. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter, ye shall see what? Heaven open. Hallelujah. So in spiritual knowledge, there is the opening of heaven. John said, I saw heaven open. There is the opening of the heavens. Hallelujah. In another way, there is the opening of the clouds. There is the emptying of the clouds. He said, hereafter shall ye see heaven open and the angels of God. What is happening? Ascending and descending. What? Upon the Son of Man, ascending and descending, ascending and descending. Now we know the ascending has to do with the lifting up of the arm. Then the descending is the 
habitation of God in the man. But the interesting thing is that it said it is upon the Son of Man. Now, the Son of Man is the Lord as to the truth. And in this case, as to the natural truth. So Jesus is saying that there is coming a time you have known the Son of Man. That is the Lord according to the truth in the material or in the natural. Hallelujah. But Jesus is saying that there is coming a time where heaven will open and you will know the Lord as to the Spirit. Please are you here. We will say that heaven will open and the angels of God will ascend and descend upon the Son of Man. That is when your, your, your natural knowledge will be given life, will be made living knowledge, to be made living knowledge. But it must come as a result of the opening of heaven, not as a result of your ability to gather information. Some of us believe that we know God because we have, through the exercise of our natural senses, been able to come to the place where we are able to assimilate a lot of information at a go through deduction and um, uh, natural reasoning are able to appreciate things that come to us in the natural. And because of that, we have assumed that because of this natural knowledge, I'm talking in the natural in terms of the, the knowledge of God, and we have assumed that because we have this natural knowledge, we know God. But that does not constitute the knowledge of God. So if you, as we teach correspondences, you're able to store it in you. So you are able to remember it and then link it and use it to explain the scriptures. You do not know God. That is not the knowledge of God. To even have knowledge of correspondences and to explain the scriptures in their spiritual meaning is still natural knowledge because that knowledge is acquired through the natural by your studies. Hallelujah. But there is a spiritual knowledge. That knowledge is not acquired through the senses. It is acquired through the spirit. Hallelujah. It is acquired through the spirit. And Jesus is saying that there is coming a time when heaven will open and the angels shall ascend and descend upon the Son of Man. May the Lord open our eyes. May we have revelation. May our knowledge go beyond the natural. May we be exposed to spiritual knowledge. So in John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus said an interesting thing there. He said, and this is life eternal. This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Now, clearly, this cannot be natural knowledge. Hallelujah. This cannot be natural knowledge of God. This is spiritual knowledge of God. That, is, that comes to us through spiritual perception through the opening of our spiritual eyes so that we can know God in the spirit. And Jesus is saying that to know God is the meaning of eternal life. Hallelujah. To know God is the meaning of eternal life. And that is why John said it in 1 John. He says that now are we the sons of God, but it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Why? For we shall see him as he is. 
This knowledge of God is not a knowledge through your senses. It is a knowledge in the spirit. And it is not a knowledge, you see, knowledge through your senses is, it, it, it's obvious that the information you're having is different from your person. But spiritual knowledge is the infusion. It, it, it's, it's not even the infusion. It's the revelation, it's the impartation of the revelation of God to you. That is spiritual knowledge. So it is not a knowing that you know and walk away. It is a knowing that you have and you carry with you. Hallelujah. And that is why it is eternal life. Because then the very nature of God is imparted to you. Because in that knowing, you become what? A vessel of God. In that knowing, you become a vessel of God. You become a vessel of God. In that knowing, this is life eternal. Hallelujah. This is life eternal. That they may know thee, the only true God. This is life eternal. Beloved, we must strive for spiritual knowledge. We must strive for spiritual knowledge. We must push to know God beyond what we have gathered with our physical ears and our physical eyes. God must be revealed to our spirit. And that revelation will be such that we will carry God with us. And that revelation all test the structure of our internal minds. The, that revelation of God, it all tests the structure. It, it, when I say structure, the outlook of our internal minds. And through that, all tests also the structure of our external minds. This is life eternal. That they may know thee, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. May the Lord help us. May the Lord open our eyes. Hallelujah. So now Paul talking to the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. He said that now, concerning spirituals, the gift is not there. Concerning the pneumaticos concerning spirituals. Hallelujah. Brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And that is what I hear the Lord telling us also as a church. That concerning spirituals, concerning spirituals, he does not want us to be ignorant. Hallelujah. To be ignorant of God in the spirit is to be truly ignorant of him. It means that you do not know him at all. And I pray that in this season, a hunger to know God beyond, that is what it means when we say know God for yourself. You know, people think that know God for yourself means that Take the book, take the Bible and read it yourself. That's not no God for yourself. Because the Bible was written by men. 
what we know is that those men were inspired by God. God did not write literally the scriptures. So to know God for yourself is not that read the Bible yourself. That is not knowing God for yourself. To know God for yourself is to know God through a spiritual knowledge, through revelation that God will be revealed to you without a third party. Without a third party. Hallelujah. Without a third party. And that knowledge, like Jesus told the Samaritan, said, you would have asked of me. In other words, God wants us to seek spiritual knowledge. He wants us to seek spiritual knowledge. That spiritual knowledge is a force. It's a living force. It is not information. Some of us, you see how your information about God can easily be cast down. Spiritual knowledge is not informa just information. It's a force, a living force. It's an active force. It's a person living inside you, and that is God himself. Hallelujah. And that is why it is called eternal life. To know God is eternal life. To know God is eternal life. So when they ask Jesus, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? What did he say? Where's that scripture? Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. You would think that that is like a normal, no, a normal information. No. It's a revelation. The one that has a revelation of God the works that he produces are the works of God because they are done by God himself as he has found a resting place in him. As he has tabernacled in him, the works that the person does, because God is tabernacling in him now, it is God that does them. That's why Paul could say that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. What? But Christ that lives in me. Hallelujah. He says that the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. The faith. Now that faith is not from the knowledge you have gathered through your senses. It is the knowledge by revelation. That faith is unshakable. That faith is from a personal knowledge of God. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. It is not that you... No. There is a revelation of God inside you. There is a knowledge of God that you have come to. Hallelujah. And we know how this knowledge comes to us as it is revealed to our interior minds through our overcoming. It comes to us when we give ourselves to what? Prayer. 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 That is when the knowledge in our internal minds will, will impose itself 
on our external mind or our senses as well and modify the structure of our external minds so that it will agree with what goes on on the internal. The life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. May the Lord help us. May he open our eyes. May we know him beyond knowledge. May we understand him beyond understanding. May we see him. Like Paul said, we with unveiled faces, beholding us in a glass, the glory of God. May that glory be revealed to our inward parts. May we see the Lord. May our eyes be open that we may see the Lord. May we encounter the Lord in a personal way, not through the knowledges, not just because we have gathered knowledge in the senses, but may it be that the Lord is revealed to our spirits. Say, I do not know how to Then you must begin to find the way how revelation in the spirit looks like. How knowledge of God in the spirit looks like. And the man who is a man of prayer, the woman who is a woman of prayer understands the revelation of God in the spirit. Because that is where the senses are brought into check. That is where the senses are bridled, such that the spirit is able to announce itself so that the senses will obey, so that the senses will, will lie down, will bow down, and submit to the light that is coming from heaven. That is how it works. But men who do not give themselves to prayer, men who do not give themselves to seeking the face of God, are not aware of this knowledge. And I do not mean men who are praying carnally. No, men who go to God from a heart that is transformed, a heart that is seeking his will, a heart that is seeking his ways, a heart that is seeking that his kingdom may be established, a heart that is looking for God. Men who go to God with such a heart, God opens them up to revelation and their eyes begin to see. And like Paul said, God shine in our heart. The Lord will shine in their hearts as well and that they may give the light of the knowledge of God in the face of Christ Jesus. They become light carriers, light bearers, and that light goes forth out of them. They have met the Lord. They have seen the Lord. Like John said, that which we have seen, First John chapter 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. This is a description of revelation. It is not hearsay. They have looked upon, they have seen. Not somebody saw and told them. Said they, that which was from the beginning, which we have seen. 
only through the senses is passed on. It is the seed of people that you also take. But that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, oh, that will come to such revelation, that will come to such experience, that our description of God will not be because we have read about God from a book, even though that is necessary for illustration. But our description of God will be because we have met God, that we have known God, that we have understood God, that our eyes have been opened and we have seen the glory of God. And we can also say that that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, we have participated also in it of the word of life. Of the word of life. That which we have seen. For the life was made manifest. And we have seen it and bear witness. And show unto you that eternal life. Which was with the father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Look at that. That ye also may have fellowship with us. It is it that what we have told you is what then becomes your main knowledge. No. You must also come into the fellowship that we have. Hallelujah. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is the divine and the divine human. Now that is the fellowship of those who have known God for themselves. And that is the fellowship that John is calling us unto. That we also may have fellowship with them. The fellowship. And truly, our fellowship, our koinonia, our, our rubbing together, our relationship, hallelujah, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. That relationship is not from hearsay. It's not from hearing a lot of messages. May the Lord open our eyes. And may we not relent. In the book of Mark concerning Bartimaeus, the Bible says that when Jesus was passing, I said, Son of David, have mercy upon me. Son of David, have mercy upon me. And the Bible said when he spoke, the people said he should keep quiet. But he would not allow. And Jesus stood and said, what should I do for you? He said, that I may see. I pray that we also will not relent. That this will also be our prayer. That son of David have mercy upon us. David is the conquering king. The one that overcomes. And this opening of the sight is the resultant effect of overcoming. You understand? So have mercy upon us. In actual sense, son of David is Solomon. And Solomon is wisdom, the opening of the eyes. Please, are we here? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What would that, that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. I pray that we also will receive our sight. The reason why 
you yourself, you are not seeing what Christianity is, is because your eyes are shut. Because you have not known God personally. We talk of a personal relationship with God. But we think that that personal relationship is through information we have gathered about God. That personal relationship is to meet God yourself. To meet God yourself is the revelation of God that you have of him through your spiritual senses. Through your spiritual senses. That I may know him. That I may know him. May we know God. You have no idea. When we know God, we are no longer ordinary men. When we know God, we are no longer ordinary men. We are messengers of God. We are angels of God because then God shines through us. Hallelujah. May we know God. May we know God. You see, one of the things that should make you even know what I'm telling you is that you always know that the knowledge that you have of God, which is through reading, being taught of God, that knowledge is not enough. You know. You know that that knowledge does not reach certain places inside you. Or you don't know. You know. You know that you can possess all that knowledge and you are still weak. You can possess all that knowledge and you can walk in this earth as though God were not with you. You can possess all that knowledge about the love of God and still not feel that God loves you. You know, so everybody who has possessed knowledge of God in the natural before knows that that knowledge only serves the purpose that it must serve. But from there, it is not enough. To just know God materially, naturally, through the senses is not enough. Because you know that there are places in you that no matter how you force it, that knowledge will not enter. That knowledge will not affect. You want it to be spontaneous inside you, but that knowledge will never be spontaneous. You always have to call upon it from memory. You have to always make reference from it from memory. You have to always go look into your memory to find that knowledge of God. Meanwhile, the knowledge of God is a living thing. It's a living thing that must be alive in you. That must work in you spontaneously. By revelation, you know but you always have to go look. And everybody knows that that's not how we live. Because even in your natural life, you don't live like that. It's spontaneous. So it is a limitation of divine experience. It is a limitation of Christian experience if your knowledge of God is material, is in the senses alone. You don't know what the Christian experience is. And I feel that for many of us, when we heard that the, word, the doctrine of God says that we must turn away from evils and turn towards God, what we did with this message was that we took this message which was to lead us into the spirit and we remained in the flesh with it. 
So we know we we concluded that this is what it means to know God, that we must turn away from evils. But what we did was that we gathered this knowledge and we did not turn away from evils. And because of that, we don't know God. And even where we turned away from evils, we did not turn away from evils because we wanted to know God, because we're trying to get in touch with God. We turned away from evils because we did not want to appear in a certain way. We did not want to be seen in a certain way. So many of us are stuck. We are stuck with the knowledge of God in the senses. We are stuck in the natural. And that is where we have walked for a long time. But God is calling upon us. He's calling upon us to come to a higher place. He's calling upon us to come onto the mountain. Upon higher ground. From where there is revelation. From where there is the opening of the eyes. He's calling upon us. And I pray that we will respond to God. That our knowledge of God will not be that, oh, I've done well, I've done well. But through I am doing well and I'm trying to live well, through that we are trying to know the Lord. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, this strength is what I was talking about. The strength that is by revelation. It's not a strength that you force yourself to have. The only thing you seems to drag yourself to do is to turn away from evils. Hallelujah. But spirituals, in what spiritual strength comes by revelation? And that the Lord must speak something to your spirit. It's not necessarily a sentence, but a knowledge from God must hit your spirit. Hallelujah. To be strengthened with might by his spirit. Hallelujah. In the inner man. Let's go. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. See, when you read this before, the by faith is that Christ, you don't really think he's there, but believe he's there. Or you don't really feel he's there, but just believe he's dwelling in your heart. But that is not it. This faith is the faith that is born out of a revelation of God. And that revelation of God means, remember, in the revelation of God, you carry God with you. It means that now the Lord dwells within your heart as a result of this revelation. This knowledge you have of God allows you to act in the stead of God, allows you to act as God, act in the place of God, become a co-worker with God. Hallelujah. Said that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith.
I pray that the Lord will dwell, hey, that the Lord will dwell in our hearts by faith. Oh, what it, it will mean that the Lord will be alive in our hearts. By faith, the Lord will dwell in our hearts. I pray that this shall be our reality. In the name of the Lord Jesus, that indeed Christ shall dwell in our hearts by faith. That Christ shall dwell in our hearts by faith. That the Lord shall find a place. And this is what Jesus was trying to say. When he said, the son of man has no place to lay his head. The son of man is the Lord as to the way we know. So to find a place in us is that we get to know the Lord by revelation. That Christ may dwell in us. That is when we, we actually start living the Christian life. The beginning part, we are trying to return to God. It is our return, in our returning from, uh, to God. When we have returned to God, or to the extent that we return to God, it is to that extent that we know what the Christian life is and we begin to live it. But those that do not return to God, those that do not have revelation of God, think that the Christian life is just some external material thing. It's a higher life. Hallelujah. I pray that the Lord will open our eyes. I pray that we will see. That we will see. That our eyes will open. That we will see. That we will understand through spiritual knowledge. Through spiritual knowledge, we will understand. We know. So the Bible says that by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. It is not because we were told. We have come to see how that works. By revelation, we see what it means for the word of God to frame the world. It's not, it's not because we're told that God made the world. We see how. We know by revelation. We know how the worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. That Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. May the Lord help us.